Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. You take note. It says, Your prayer has been heard in heaven. He prayed that prayer three weeks prior. Then he had prayed prior to that. Some prayers that you pray will be answered a month from now, a year from now, perhaps ten years from now, perhaps after you leave this present world. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel prayed fervently and fasted for the people of Israel. He longed to see the Jews return from their Babylonian exile to their homeland Israel. Daniel appealed to the Lord's sense of mercy because he knew that God had no obligation to answer him because of man's sin. In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches us to come to the Lord in prayer with a spirit of humility like Daniel. We must recognize that the only reason we can come into the presence of Jesus is because of His grace and mercy. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Touched by an Angel. The title of the message is, Touched by an Angel. Touched by an Angel. We need those divine encounters. Those times when God comes and touches us throughout the journey. Daniel is now in his mid to late 80s, maybe 90 years old. And he's by the Tigris River. He's a distance from Babylon. He's away from the capital, and he's gone there to fast, to pray, to seek the face of God. As he's fasting and praying, it's the third year of Cyrus. We have the date. When is this happening? What has happened, and what's the context? Well, you remember that Cyrus declared a decree that all of the Jews could go back to Jerusalem. They could go back to the promised land. And Daniel feels in his spirit the weight. Because approximately 50,000 Jewish people travel back, a small portion of the population of the Jews that are in captivity, that are in Babylon, make their way back to Jerusalem. Only a small remnant go. And when they go, and as they go, they're encountering problems. You could read about those difficulties in the book of Ezra, in the book of Nehemiah. They're opposed as they're trying to restore the land of their forefathers. Prophecy is being fulfilled. The 70 years that Jeremiah prophesied about, uh, the the prayer in chapter 9, 
that Daniel prayed that represented his brokenness and his the vision he had and the incredible revelation that God gave him of Israel's future. And he also showed him the time clock of history. And now he hears this word from God. Just listen to what it reads in verse 1 again. The message is true. It dealt with a big war. Let that sink deep into our soul, deep into our hearts and mind. Daniel's now in his late 80s. We meet him the first time as a young teenager. He's taken into the court of Babylon. He's given an honored position. And you would think that why this is going to be a a great ride. But immediately he's tested. Will he defile himself with the king's food? Will he compromise? And then you turn chapter after chapter after chapter all through the years. He is tested again and again and again. We find him in a lion's den. He sees all sorts of political changes through the decades of his life from the cradle to the grave from the time of our birth to the time of our death it's a battle it's a war it's a conflict yes thank God for the few moments of reprieve Thank God for the times where we're simply refreshed and we're in paradise lost. As God blesses us at various times, we get a glimpse of heaven, a taste of, a foretaste of things to come. But in general, the rule is this life is a battle. It's a conflict. It's a great war. It never, ever, ever ends. And during this time, we need again and again the hand of God, the touch of the supernatural to give us strength through the journey. I want you to see the three times in this chapter that the angel of the Lord touches Daniel. It's context and what happens in Daniel when he's touched. The first, the touch that quickens us. In, in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 10, it says, Then I heard him speaking. As I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. In the presence of God, overwhelmed by God's presence, he falls into this deep sleep. I'm reminded of John in the book of Revelation. He there meets the presence of God. And he falls into this, as it were, dead. He's encountering God's presence 
it's an awesome thing. It can be a difficult thing. But in that presence, he needs a quickening touch. And he receives this revelation concerning prayer. A revelation concerning prayer. There is something about prayer that Daniel is going to learn again. And he's going to teach us. In verse 12, the New Living Translation reads, Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourselves before God. Uh, Here's Daniel. Brilliant man. He's walked with the greatest of men of his times, with kings and emperors and wise men. But in the presence of God, he humbles himself. Whenever we come in prayer to God, we come with a broken and a contrite heart. We come with a humble spirit, recognizing the only reason we could come into the presence of God is because of grace and mercy. And there, in the presence of God, he humbles himself, and you see that humility as he confesses the sins of the nation, as he confesses his own sin. And God sees and watches and takes note. Our prayer is not to be a performance. Our prayer should be reflected by the, how men and women of God prayed in Scripture. How Jesus taught us to pray with God's concerns first in the Lord's Prayer. We call the Our Father, where we come and say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name, O Lord. May I glorify it. May I treat it with reverence. You tell me I can call you Abba, but you also tell me that you are a holy God. The prayer is not answered. Not immediately. You take note. It says, your prayer has been heard in heaven. He prayed that prayer three weeks prior. Then he had prayed prior to that. Some prayers that you pray will be answered a month from now, a year from now, perhaps ten years from now, perhaps after you leave this present world. You pray faithfully for your children and your grandchildren. And you wait to see an answer. And that answer sometimes doesn't seem to come. Don't become distraught. Simply wait and trust. Trust and wait. My good friend... Reverend Jim Mao, told me something that recently happened in his life. He was praying for his granddaughter, Sophie, a great burden for his granddaughter because Jim's daughter and son-in-law, their marriage was dissolved. There's a lot of difficulties and things that really hurt Jim very, very much. And he was concerned especially for what his granddaughter would go through and what would happen in her life. And so he carried this burden to God again and again in prayer. And as he carried this burden again and again to God, 
One day he got a phone call. Phone call from an evangelist who he didn't know all that well, who had been to the church and had spoken, a, a man of God. And the evangelist called him and said, I don't think about you very often. But God spoke to me today and told me to call you and told me that you were praying for your granddaughter. God wants you to know that he's heard your prayer. Now that evangelist was ill and sick, didn't have much strength, and in a matter of months he passed on to heaven. But before he left, he gave Jim that message. And so when Jim goes to God in prayer, he holds on to that promise. He holds on to that prophetic word that was given to him before the man of God left. There are times and there are seasons and God knows when to bring to pass his word, his promise. It's weeks later that prayer is being held up in the heavenlies. In this portion of scripture he gets this revelation concerning prayer but he gets this revelation concerning spiritual warfare notice what the text says in verses 13 and 14 the NIV but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days what in the world is that there are spiritual principalities and powers that are over regions, communities. And those who study, especially prayer, recognize different strongholds within communities and nations and areas. And this is a revelation to us that there is a spiritual battle going on behind the natural battle. Look at the text again. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. It wasn't a human being. It was a spiritual power. There are spiritual powers that are influencing governments and nations and kingdoms and individuals. Then Michael. Now Michael, it says, one of the chief princes came to help me. He's Michael the archangel, the one who was given the responsibility of warfare and spiritually defending the nation of Israel. Here is this angel that comes to the aid, and we think perhaps this other angel might be Gabriel, because Gabriel had visited Daniel before. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Here is this angel ready to come and visit Daniel as soon as Daniel bowed his knees, humbled himself, and began praying. And there is a delay in the heavenlies. There's spiritual warfare going on. There is such a thing as spiritual warfare. The difficulty that we sometimes, and the complications we sometimes make, is we either can minimize it or magnify it we could either look at it and and act as if 
it doesn't exist, or we can take the magnifying glass and make it more than it is. Daniel was never all of a sudden praying against some spiritual powers. You see him speaking to God. And, and I hear about spiritual mapping, and I understand some of that. I understand about what sometimes people try to call out these spiritual demons. I, I would not advise you to do that. I would advise you to take the Lord's Prayer and pray the Lord's Prayer. I, I did a teaching on that years ago. Take a sense of humility and come before God and ask God to work out his will and intercede with God. Here you see the spiritual warfare going on. And it says, because I was detained there with the king of Persia, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. He's going to give him revelation of the future. What happens? I believe that God knows everything about everything. And there are times he drops into our heart what he wants to do. He shows us ahead what is to be. And this is what is happening in Daniel. I want to draw your attention to the New Testament because in this New Testament we find Paul speaking about the spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities and against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What happens in the New Testament is that we're not bringing warfare on a natural plane, we're bringing it to a supernatural plane. So in the Old Testament, you see that God uses his people as an instrument of judgment on the nations that have gone far from God. And he uses them as instruments of his judgment. In the New Testament, God primarily is using us in the area of intercession and prayer and we are to pray that people will repent and turn to God. And we're involved in spiritual warfare, praying in the Spirit, praying with our understanding. I believe that there are angels that watch over God's people. Just like they watch over nations, just like they watch over regions, I do think there's a truth in the idea of a guardian angel, in Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? The angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him. God has some angels on assignment to help you through the journey. There are some things you will not be able to explain when you look at your life if you really think about the spiritual realm. Doors that close, doors that open, events that happen. I believe what the scripture says, that God puts ministering angels around us. Here he is, he's praying and he's recognizing in prayer about spiritual warfare, and he needs this touch 
to be quickened in his mind, his heart, and spirit. And then there's a touch that comes that purifies him. Now remember, Daniel is one of the most righteous men in Scripture. In Ezekiel, he is called a righteous man, or a, a man who's wise. In Daniel 10.16, Then I, one who looked like a man, touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I've overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord. I am helpless. Doesn't that remind you of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6? Where he sees the angels of the Lord, the seraphim, the cherubim. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And in the presence of God, he suddenly feels his sinfulness and his unworthiness. When the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to move in a church, in a Christian community, when the winds of revival begin to burn, there is a sense of our own sinfulness where we are not looking at our brother, or our sister, or our neighbor, but we see into our own hearts, our own inadequacy, even as Isaiah the prophet felt and saw his own inadequacy before God and said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Hear his Daniel, in his 80s, a man who's walked with God for decades. Incredible revelations from God. In the midst of that revelation, he can't even speak. Have you ever been in the presence of God where you can't even speak? All you could do is lay prostrate before him and say, Oh, Lord, here Daniel is in the presence of God. In verse 15, while he was saying this to me, speaking of the angel, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Oh, that we would have again the sense of the Holy Spirit that moved in the meetings of revival in past generations. I think of the time that Jonathan Edwards preached the sermon, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God, Men and women held onto the very pillars of the church. The presence of God was so strong. All through the history of revival and the move of the Spirit, there have been times where people have experienced God's presence in such a manifest way that they simply couldn't even move. See, God is not just a friend that He is. But he's more than that. He is holy and righteous and powerful. He's almighty God. And when we see and experience that, we'll be undone like Isaiah, like Daniel. It's a touch that purifies us. Oh God, make us pure. A touch that strengthens us, that strengthens us. In verse 18, again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. There are times in this spiritual warfare that you will feel inadequate for the battle. You will feel a lack of strength. You will feel, how can we face the powers of darkness? How can we face the warfare that is going on? And if I look at this text, it tells me that God 
speaks a word of encouragement. The book of Daniel has some of the most loved stories in the whole of the Bible. We all remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den, a wonderful story of God's deliverance. Each day here on Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word restores.